Welcome to Intimacy Play, a podcast by Pleasy Play. We host open discussions with world-leading experts on couples, sex, and intimacy, so you can build a more exciting, fun, and intimate relationship. I'm your host, Michaela Silva. Hi, everyone. Today, we're doing our special Christmas episode with Dr. Holly Richmond. Dr. Holly is a licensed marriage and family therapist, certified sex therapist, and holds a PhD in somatic psychology. This unique combination of professional credentials enables her to focus on clients' cognitive process, as well as their somatic, which is body-based health. Holly takes a sex-positive approach, which we love, of course, meaning all sex is good as long as it's consensual and pleasurable. She's also one of North America's leading sex therapists, serving women, men, couples, and gender-diverse individuals for relationship and sexuality issues. Welcome, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So am I, especially with this Christmas episode about sex toys. Yes, yes. So you are one of the North America's leading sex therapist, and you actually take a very sex positive approach. So what inspired you to get into this line of work? Uh, that's, um, that's a bit of a story, but I'll try to keep it concise. So I started teaching creative writing at a girls detention facility in Los Angeles many, many years ago. So I was a journalist before I went back to school to get my master's and PhD in psychology. So I'm teaching creative writing to these incarcerated girls and young women, and they're writing stories. And so many of these stories include um, things about sexual abuse, sexual assault, gang rape. And they were writing about them really in a minimized, normal way. Like, hey, I went to the store and then I got gang raped and then I went home and then I was chatting with my friends and I would read these stories and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I just, I realized very quickly, I didn't have the tools to talk about those in the appropriate way. I could say, that's not okay. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Do you need support? But I really felt like my hands were tied and I wanted to learn more. So then I went back and got my master's in clinical psychology. I did my 3000 hours of internship at a rape crisis center and then combined the PhD in somatic psychology and really got into more generalized sex therapy because treating trauma is great. And I really, I am a trauma therapist in many ways, but I wanted to look at like recovery after sexual trauma and really this holistic idea of sexual health. So that's kind of where I ended, ended up where I am now. I love it. And your story is so interesting how you went and you felt the pain of other people and you actually wanted to help them so much that you you went in a, and you did a PhD on that. Amazing. I did. And it's the body is so such a critical piece there because it doesn't make sense to me to study sexuality and not study the body. So that somatic piece. So it, basically somatic means it, it means the body. I do talk therapy, but I give a ton of homework and I also read body language. Um, it's all about nervous system regulation and attunement. Um, you know, to have good sex, you know, with a partner, we really, we need to be attuned to each other. And so often that's body based or through the nervous system. Um, so those two pieces just like naturally made sense to me. Oh no, I get it. But now I'm, I'm a little bit worried. You read body language. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. We're good. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Um, so the holidays are approaching. I'd love to know in your perspective, what does a sex positive Christmas look like? 
Okay, so we're back to that foundation. All sex is good sex as long as it's consensual and pleasurable. So a sex-positive Christmas, for some of us, it will be sex every day, multiple times a day. But then we have to have space for sex-positive to mean I rarely have sex or I don't want to have sex at all and I identify as asexual. So it's really that whole spectrum that we're not slapping a label of this is normal, go out and have all the sex because that's a great way to be sex positive. If we're really being true with this, sex positive is is how it resonates with you and it really comes down to pleasure. Yes, I, I agree with that, especially because like you were saying, different people feel sexuality in a different way, right? So it's mm-hmm. not like a one solution fits all. No. And I don't know so much in Portugal, but certainly in the United States, we're taught, you know, sex is penis and vagina penetration. And we know like, that's just, that's not what sex is. So sex might be penetration. It might not be penetration. It might be three times a day. It might be three times a year. So really normalizing all these conversations and helping people come to that realization on their own. Exactly what you said. Uh, Somebody else told me in in a different word, in different wordings, and it really stuck to me. And it was, that sex starts when you actually finish having sex, uh, like literally. And that was, you know, every little thing that you do to your partner in between the sex, like air quotes here for, for everybody yeah. that's listening, uh, until you actually start that uh, physical intimacy again. So, you know, all that space in between really helps with intimacy and sex. Right. It's so interesting with my couples. And one says he never wants to have sex with me. And I'm like, well, I know you want to get to the sex and you want me to prescribe the fun exercises and all of that piece. And I will. But I need to know what's happening between finishing having sex and starting having sex, because if you're being an asshole to your partner, ah, they're probably not going to want to have sex with you. (laughs) So let's figure out what's going on. Exactly. You don't get to be in the mood in like two seconds, right? Seconds. (laughs) Push the button. No. I wish it worked. Sometimes I wish it worked that way. It's much more interesting that it doesn't. True, true. I agree with you. So if people are looking to spice up their sex life with their partners for this Christmas, um, do you think that a sex toy could be a good Christmas gift? Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So we know the research shows us that most women or most people with vulvas and clitorises do not orgasm from penetration alone. So less than 25%. Most can orgasm from clitoral stimulation, and we knew, but no vibrators and different kinds of sex toys do a great job with that. But I don't want to leave the men out either. There's some fantastic sex toys for them as well that can just really spice things up, or if they're having any kind of erectile function issues or anxiety issues around partnered sex, these can be great places to practice. So now I think the fun is going to begin. I would <laughs> love to, to know, in your perspective, uh, because you've seen a lot of different sex toy fads, I'm assuming, come and go. But what yeah. is that sex toy that has actually remained at the top of your Christmas list? The bullet vibrator, just a simple bullet vibrator. And this is, I'm not being company specific here, but just something small that a woman can carry with her that is strong and powerful, but she can control the um speed and oscillation with because again every clitoris is different some women prefer a lot of stimulation and some women are like oh my gosh that hurts that's way too much so i need to go at the lowest speed this the bullet vibrator just kind of like checks so many boxes for so many women and the size matter in this case as in the fact that it's little does it help with some partners that might be reluctant with using a sex toy i think so so it, it doesn't 
a bullet is not really going to look particularly phallic, right? And I know with some of the, the vibrators or dildos that are out there, like just that, the size and what it's shaped like, um, because by the way, most of them are made by men. Um, so they're very phallic based. Um, that really is a turnoff. They want them to be pretty. They want them to be discreet. Um, they want them to be portable. So all of these, I just, I think those that small little discreet packaging is where it is for, for at least most of my female body clients. No, no, I agree. I think a bullet is a must have on the list. <laughs> yeah. um, but now what is the worst toy ever? I need to know this. I'm probably going to go to those giant stick on the wall phalluses. Um, and, and I know there's going to be some people out there that are like, oh my gosh, that's my favorite. And that's fantastic. The reason I don't like it is because it normalizes that women should like to be penetrated by something huge. And it normalizes for men in a bad way that they're supposed to be that size. So I think in a lot of ways, these giant stick on the wall or stick on the desk phalluses don't serve us well. If you understand what it is and what it isn't, that's great. And you like it, have at it. But again, yeah, I don't think it's an accurate representation of what sex is for a lot of people. I agree. By the way, I didn't think about that <laughs> sex toy, but yes. What were you thinking about? Yeah. You tell me, what were you thinking? I was thinking about like the big dildos, mm. you know, the the big ones that everybody uh, looks at them and thinks about about porn um but i think yours makes a lot more sense and i'll tell you why i was actually discussing this with a male friend and he was showing me uh, a porn video he was saying you know how hot is this and it was a stick on dildo on a shower uh and he's like how sexy is this i'm like no that's not sexy at all <laughs> you know female male brain yeah a uh, little yeah. stereotypical here but um yeah Absolutely. And why wasn't it sexy to you? I felt it was just about penetration, not about yeah. the pleasure of any of them, really. And for me, when I'm watching something, I actually don't like porn. I like more erotica because it makes me more in the mood than just wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Uh, I, I appreciate that some people might not have that, that uh, um feeling but i don't know for me it felt very unnatural very the woman was looking at the camera saying oh i like this <laughs> you're like no you don't exactly <laughs> okay <laughs> and my male friend's like she's liking it i'm like no she's not she's working which good for her make the money right exactly exactly good for her <laughs> so talking about about making the money uh does more expensive mean better in terms of sex toys not necessarily. The only caveat with that is I really encourage people to check the material that the sex toys are made out of. So staying away from the phthalates. Um, if that's some people, especially the people I work with are somaticizers. So that means that their body speaks often before their mind has caught up. So they're people with really sensitive nervous systems, sensitive skin. So they might be um, have adverse reactions to sex toys that are really cheap, inexpensive and not made well. So that's that's just, it's, again, it's a personal preference. Same thing with lube. You know, something that works for you is not going to work for everyone. Oftentimes, the less expensive ones are made with more artificial ingredients. So, you know, to each their own. But I think that would be the way that least expensive isn't great. So it's more about being made with good products, like a good silicone and anti-allergic uh, materials versus yeah. just being high-end. 
Right. And I, and I think for, mm, gosh, I've tried out some really expensive sex toys. I don't know if you and I are going to get into teledildonics at all. Um, some of them have worked great and some of them have not worked at all. And I was just imagining, I, luckily I didn't have to pay for those because I was a tester, but I'm like, if I had just spent $400 and it worked this poorly, I would be really disappointed. I was actually offered a sex toy from a very high-end brand. I'm not going to say which one. And I was very disappointed. I think it was because I was expecting, because it was so expensive, it was over 200 euros, just just, just that toy, that it was going to be better than what I had. It wasn't bad, by the way. It's a really good brand. It just didn't fit me. Mm. I don't know if it makes sense. Does it make sense? Do sex toys actually have to fit the person? I think so. And this is physiologically and aesthetically, right? Mm, So for for a lot of people, I'm going to say women specifically, how it looks is important. Um, I think men are like, "Eh, as long as it works, I'm good. But for women, how it looks can be really important. So now we're switching here to look part. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm imagining like the Christmas tree, I I have mine done and a really good stocking. What can I put in a Christmas stocking apart from the bullet vibrator? We know that Mm -hmm. one. There's like a small item, let's say four or five items that I can either give to my partner or a girlfriend. What would you suggest? Mm, Lube. So I'm definitely going to go with lube. Um, Undervalued, right? Um, So many women and men, um, non-binary individuals, like we just don't talk about lube enough. And there doesn't have to be, you don't have to be in menopause, you don't have to be taking a medication, nothing has to be wrong, air quotes there. Um, You might just like extra lube. Lube makes a lot of things better, so have lube in there. Um, Another, I think a beautiful stocking stuffer is a vibrator that's a piece of jewelry. So there's some wonderful companies that do necklaces and rings. Um, so I would, I would love that as a stocking stuffer, something else I might do would just be a, that's not genitally based, but just more erotically based, know your partner. So most people love a gorgeous piece of jewelry. Um, and this piece of jewelry can be cuffs. So it can be sexually based, or it could just be a special, special piece of jewelry that is really personalized between you and your partner, because people want to feel like like, you know me, if I feel like you know me, that you didn't just go to a store and grab anything that let's say owls were our thing, that you found something with a really cool owl on it. So that that personalized piece. Um, and then what about an experience? So this would be a high ticket stocking stuffer, but what about a trip to um, a Tantra workshop, um, some kind of resort that hosts, you know, sex parties or, you know, there's clubs all over the place that have sex parties. So maybe it's just even a handwritten certificate that I'm going to take you here and this is going to be our night. Mm, can you be my secret Santa? I love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, hubby, please listen to this podcast. I'm loving this. <laughs> So yeah, I love that. And it makes sense to me because it's not just about the products themselves. It's like about having the experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And feeling like, oh, my partner gets me. So knowing now what I know, if I put a huge dildo in your stocking, you'd be like, what the fuck? I just told you I don't like that. (laughs) That would hurt your feelings. Exactly. It's about having that connection with with somebody. Yeah. So depending on the couple, some may be more nice than naughty in the bedroom. Uh, what are the type of sex toys for beginners that you would suggest 
if they are on the nice list? Is it the ones that you have already uh, talked about or is there another one for beginners that you, you would say is more suitable? Um, that's, that's a really good question too. There's, there's a few in my mind. Um, so a bullet is always good, but just a beautiful dildo, like a glass or stainless steel, not even necessarily for penetration, just to use it for sensation all over your body. So breast, belly, um, behind your neck, ears, just to have something that you like the feel of. It can be a feather tickler just to really get acquainted with your body. I can't tell you how many of my clients have been like, oh my gosh, I just discovered my, my inner thighs are really, really erotically charged and I can have an orgasm just from touching those or that I love to have my nipples stimulated and that really gets me off. So many of us have never been taught to explore our whole bodies. It just comes down to the genitals and too often just penetration. So I think starting with a toy that's just more about self-exploration is a great place to start. Another thing I don't want to forget to mention is hand-free vibrators. I think that those can be wonderful as well. Um, because that way the person can be open to touching her breasts or other parts of her body if the vibrator is, you know, attached to her clitoris and doing its job on its own. Hmm. You said something that was actually surprising to me. When you talked about a glass, uh, either dildo or another product mm -hmm. or stainless steel, I usually assume that these products are a little, are for people that are a little bit more advanced versus beginners. Mm -hmm. So do you think that they are interesting because you can use them as temperature play as well? I do, or just sensation play. And again, I use these to start people out because the starters usually haven't even, I mean, so first we're going to start with your hands. If I could put the hand in the stocking, that would be like, here's my favorite toy, put it in the stocking. Um, so we start with hands, but then feathers, then glass, then stainless steel. It's just really interesting to see what people gravitate to, which different um surfaces, temperatures, all of those things. And it's often, often not what you would expect. Mm. Okay. No, no, I like it. And I like being surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so now if you're on the naughty list and you're a little bit more experimental, what's, what sex toys can we surprise people with? I would have to say right now, the teledildonics are where it's at. So these are Bluetooth enabled sex toys. So something really naughty and fun would just to be to have the female body partner wearing it. So there are wearables that are Bluetooth connected. So you would be out to dinner and your partner could control your vibrator from his or her phone. We actually use uh, one of those on, in, in one of the, our boxes, depending on uh, the personalization for couples. And it's usually a great hit. Yeah, yeah. And for so many of us now, we're not living with our partners just because we're we're global. I mean, the pandemic kept people away from each other for a lot for the last 18 months. So just being able to share pleasure and the control is like the naughty piece. I feel like that's the hook. Like I have control of your pleasure, even though I'm 4,000 miles away. It's just, it's really fun and interesting to play with. Mm, no, for sure. And I think it's a good way to spice things up without being um, maybe too out there if you're not comfortable with that. Right, right. And two, I just want to mention the teledildonics often include, this, include a sleeve for people with penises. So it's Ooh. not just Ooh. about her. So he's got the sleeve. She's got the vibrator. Look, good to go. I've never seen one with a sleeve. That's, that's a good point. Um, there's a company that makes them, and this is back to the aesthetics. It's pretty for her. The vibrator is pretty. And his sleeve was designed kind of based on a race car. 
how hysterical is <laughs> it's yeah. a big it's a big sleeve um not that you have to have a big penis like the the insert is is made for everybody but um it's just so funny i'm like yeah that that's definitely a male designed this what brand is it if you if you don't mind saying yeah kiru oh nice out of amsterdam yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like fun it is yeah <laughs> So my mind is going all over the place and I'm thinking about advent calendars. So they're always very popular, popular at this time. They're very trendy. And if you had to create a sexy advent calendar, what would you name it? First of all, Oh my gosh, you're throwing these hard questions at me, Michaela. <laughs> oh, probably just do me. <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. And would you include more, products for use in solo play and couples play or more sensation play i am a mom of two young boys so i would make it all about me hence the name do me like i'm being so selfish right now but i'm like i give so much energy to other people and i'm a therapist so like i'm i do a lot of giving and i love my work uh clearly i love my kids but this is a perfect time of year i'm like me 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 <laughs> laughing hysterically because i think that makes little sense for me i'm a mom of two as well yeah, so. yeah. like it, it's all about me <laughs> all about holly <laughs> so um yeah so some a lot of solo some with my partner of course because that is fun uh, but gosh the the joy of having time you know if they could make it an advent calendar that could give me an hour or two a day wouldn't that just be the best I've actually asked for that as a gift. So one of my family members was like, I'm, I don't have a lot of money. I don't know what to give you. I'm like, give me your time. If you don't mind having my kids for, for an afternoon, I'd be very, very happy because we could go out and have, you know, yeah. uh, an afternoon for ourselves. And that, that happened. And it was so much better than having like a physical thing uh, given to us, physical product. That's fantastic. That's, yeah, that's everything. So yeah, so this Christmas either give, you can gift a sex toy or you can gift time. I think they'll be both used sexually, I'm assuming. So yeah, <laughs> and, and you're right for the people that, that don't have a lot of money. Um, it's just a perfect exchange. I would appreciate that so much too. I would, uh, that would just, that sounds like heaven. And not only that, I mean, it, even if this person has a ton of money, right? for me, time is so precious and Yes, I love spending time with my kids, but I think nourishing that relationship with my husband, for me specifically, matters. And it's very important because I feel that I'm a better mom after that. I don't know how you feel about it. I, I absolutely do. Um, I, I have a friend in New York and she's, uh, well, she's actually, she's the CEO of Skirt Club. Oh, which yes. is it's yeah sex you know sex parties for bi curious women um and she was so sweet it was my 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 reaction to it was really interesting so maybe two or three years ago she said oh my gosh you dr holly you and your partner are such an inspiration you're out a lot she's like i feel like you guys are out and doing fun things and having an experiences um and and at first i was like oh my gosh there's some shame and guilt like mom mom guilt i'm that she's saying i'm not home enough with with my kids she really wasn't and she just happened to see me when i was out in the city i think most of the times but even like once every two to three weeks that's kind of like my threshold when i really need to have time with my partner and i agree with everything you just said if i'm not having that time it, both of us aren't the best parents we can be 
we're so much stronger when we're feeling connected erotically. And that can be sexually, but erotically meaning like life force, vitality, vivacity, when we're feeding that part of ourselves. Yes, 100%. And I think this this episode about Christmas, I think it's also about that, you know, showing that giving that time to your partner, to your relationship can be more important than just giving a gift. Um, I know I switched it around because we were talking a lot about products. Um, But I mean, I think that combination can be everything for a relationship. It can. And know your partner. I mean, the five love languages, it's not like a clinical diagnosis, but it, it really, it's very true. I do this work with my my couples a lot. So if you know that your partner, it's like he really loves gifts. Gifts mean everything to him. You damn well better get him something or some things, like a, a few things. If he's like quality time, acts of service, if those are important to him, go that direction. That's going to mean much more to him an afternoon out than, um, I, don't, I don't know, a toiletry bag, whatever. <laughs> this is about communication you are right i mean last Mm -hmm. year it was you know in the middle of of covid everything was closed down and it was my birthday and i just said you know don't worry don't get me anything it's fine and when my birthday came i was very very sad that he didn't get me anything and but that i mean on on uh, on a note it was also my fault because i said it's fine so now after that Whenever he says, do you, what, what do you want for, for Christmas or for you know, your birth? I'm like, I don't know, but you better get me something. <laughs> it can be an experience. I know from, I would love to go right. like a weekend away. It doesn't need to be like a physical product, but get me something that shows that you're thinking about me. So communicate what you want to your partner. Right. And don't expect them to read your mind, which is kind of what you expected. And it didn't work out so well. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to be kind, but I ended up being sad. So, oh. Well, that's okay. We have a good relationship. Yeah. I, I just tease him every once in a while about that. So yeah. it's fine. <laughs> what we haven't talked about is the best sex toys for him. What do you suggest? Because I think I think being being in this industry, I think it's really hard to find really good sex toys. I mean, we use uh the brand Tenga a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it's like yeah. a really good brand for him, for him or for people with, with penises. Um, but there's not a lot more out there to help men or people with penises feel that they can enjoy different sensations. Am I wrong? Yeah, no. And, and a lot of this is education. They just don't feel like they have permission to try other things. So if we're going to go to the starter level again, I think cock rings are a great, a great toy to experiment with. Um, most people don't, most men, even if they're, first timers, they they can get their head around, oh, this is going to be great for me. And, and the men I work with erectile function issues, this can also be a very practical toy. So get a good cock ring. I'm pretty sure Tenga has some some good ones, don't they? We actually use from Satisfier, most of them. Satisfier for those. Yeah. <clears throat> I yeah, really those, love it. those are good too. Good. Um, the reason I'm not saying a lot of names, I'm affiliated with one company pays me to talk about them. So I'm just being very, very careful of that. And it's a female based com- company. So anyway, so let's go back to your question. To them. I, I, we love to talk about brands because I'm not affiliated to any of them on purpose. Okay. So with that, I'm neutral and I can talk about any brand and I'm happy brands. about it. Perfect. Perfect. You and I will, will email afterwards and I'll connect you because they're, they're a fantastic company. Um, so cock rings for sure, but then prostate stimulators and dildos for anal play. Those are just areas where men have shame, embarrassment, not sure if I'm supposed to do that. So I talk about those a lot in my practice. Help me out with that. I mean, 
imagining somebody's listening to us, um, let's say a man, and they're like, no, no, no way. Nobody's touching my my prostate. I'm not gay. You know, it's fine if you're, if you're not gay. That is an, an erogenous zone. So how can we overcome that fear, that mentality that if you're not into anal sex as, as a man, you shouldn't go there? I choose my words carefully. So I'll say anal play if they seem open to that. If they're definitely not open to that, I say prostate stimulation. Okay. Right? Because they they really do. They hold it differently. And I'll just talk about for many men, this is like, this is incredible. It makes their orgasm that much stronger. Um, and I would level up, like start with you just touching your prostate, pressing up while you're having your orgasm or your partner doing it. And then and then go from there with, with insertion and penetration. Some men are like, oh my gosh, this just changed my life. I'm never going back. And for others, they're like, yeah, not for me. And like, that's that's great. Fine. Good for you. Um, and then the next level up, if if there's a man that really loves masturbation and self-pleasure and, and most do, like the sleeves are great, right? Any kind of masturbatory sleeve. How do you, I mean, what do you advise couples with solo play? So this is something that we we really use in challenges with, with our couples in Pleasy Play. So we use a lot of challenges for solo play because we believe that people should know their own bodies. At the same time, I think there's just still a stigma out there with, you know, if you are in a relationship, you shouldn't be masturbating because you should have everything, air quotes, from your mm-hmm. partner. Is, right. is that how it should be? It's not how it should be. Um, it's not how it should be, but it's how it is. Um, I'm working with one couple right now that came in and that was a really, that was a, a stumbling block for them. So they started two weeks ago on their mutual masturbation protocol. So I, I put my clients on protocols and I'll usually take penetration or whatever their peak sexual experience is off the table for six to eight weeks um, and then layer everything back on very slowly so they're at the level of mutual masturbation and um, I spoke with them a few days ago and they were like I'm telling her when I go to masturbate I'm telling him when I go to masturbate and it's so fun so they're also doing it on their own and they're not hiding it or feeling shameful but then during their homework they're doing it together. I love that because uh, you, you're enabling them to feel that it's a normal practice for them, right? Right, right. And it, for for healthy sexuality, it really is. Our, our partners can't be responsible for our entire sexuality. Um, and for many of these couples, they're either pre-having children or everybody is pre-life changes because stressful life moments happen for all of us. Losing a parent, having a baby, changing a job. And like there will be times in your life where one of you doesn't feel like having sex. And is your relationship really going to go off the rails because your partner doesn't feel like having sex for three or four weeks? Like, come on, you've got to have some sexual self-agency and resiliency and not make your partner feel guilty if they're not in that space. Yes, there's a lot of guilt, I think, associated with sex. If you if you're not able to find a way over it, over it. I'm not I'm not sure I'm saying it the right way, but um I believe that's what, what you were saying, you know, about guilt. It's it's important not to have it to make sure that you actually understand your partner, understand what they're feeling. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So Essentially, I think for me, it boils down to if he says no, she doesn't get all defensive and grumpy and blamey. Like sometimes no is just no. And it's nothing about the quality of the relationship or how much someone loves you. It's just I'm not in the mood right now. Just not right now. 
And of course, if this goes on for months or years, as it does for some couples, that's problematic. But sometimes if one of us says no, like it just has to be okay. I'm going to overshare now. Um, so my, my partner almost never says no. When he does, I actually get upset. I've, I've, I've been working on that because I feel that I'm rejected because he never says no. Mm. Uh, although I do sometimes and he doesn't feel that way. And if he does, I'm like, you know, why are you being stupid? I'm just not in the mood. So, uh, you know, I understand the fact that you might feel rejected, but it's just not the right timing, I guess. Right, right. Not the right time. So he's conditioned you to always get a yes, right? So when you get a no, you're like, what, what, what did I do? What is it about me? And it's probably nothing about you. 100%. Yeah. I'm just being spoiled yeah. saying, but you always say yes. Say yes. <laughs> Like, look at me. Uh, How could you not say yes to this, right? Exactly. Uh, but yeah, oversharing done. Has a and last question about Christmas gifting. What advice would you have for couples that are looking to have themselves a little sexy Christmas? Ooh, go away if you can. I mean, really, even if you don't have kids, getting out of the house. And I feel like now we're all excited to go away again because things are opening up somewhat um who knows what's happening today i feel like it's changing daily but go away just even for an overnight to get out of your normal bedroom space novelty is really the seat of human desire most of us love something new it's sexy to us it can be taboo so if you get a hotel room with a balcony that has a little bit of privacy you could try having sex out there it's these little moments that really reignite eroticism in in relationships and i think the holidays are a fantastic time to do that Great advice. And has our last question for the quick fire round. How do you keep your relationship open, exciting, and intimate? Oh, you're not going to love this answer because it's boring, but we talk about sex all the time. The healthiest couples talk about sex. So it's the sex we're having, the sex we want to have, the sex we're dreaming about, that next trip, um, how the kids are cock blocks, like just, you know, laughing, like all the, all the things. You know, it doesn't have to be, it's not like I'm sitting down with my partner every night and having a serious conversation. It's, it's fun. Sometimes it's deep. Sometimes it's frustrating, but we talk about sex and that's really like, it's the healthiest thing we could possibly do. I actually love that answer. And I think it, it makes total sense. A lot of people tell me you have a lot more sex than I do. And my answer is usually, I probably have exactly the same as you have, but I just talk more about it. So I'm just more open about it. Right. And that's, I mean, so many of the couples that I work with haven't talked about sex and all of this resentment has built up because of the sex they're not having, the kind of sex they're having. If you're having a healthy, open relationship and talking about sex, that resentment doesn't have a chance to build up. Dr. Holly, do you do online consultations for any couples that might be in need to have a therapist with them? I absolutely do. Yes. Yes. So I, I do sexual wellness coaching internationally. Awesome. Where can everybody find you? So my website is a great place. It's drhollyrichmond.com. So D-R-H-O-L-L-Y-R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D.com. And on Instagram, Facebook, Dr. Holly Richmond. Holly, I've had a oh-ho-ho -ho Christmas with, <laughs> with this episode, but I'm hoping to have. So I've, I've just loved having you in our episode. I think you gave us some amazing advices and I hope everybody has great gifting ideas. Oh, I hope so too. Thank you again for having me on. This has been so much fun. Thank you. Likewise. And that was Intimacy Play. 
We hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about Pleasy and how we can take your relationship to the next level, visit pleasyplay.com. Then also make sure to search for Intimacy Play in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Pleasy, thank you for listening.